Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It is episode number 106. It's Tuesday, February the 7th, uh, well into the winter series, essentially, on both the East and West Coasts. Uh, myself, Rob Howden, here with David Cole. We were trackside at the 2023 Challenge of the Americas, the opening round out at uh, Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, fantastic weekend, great racing. We're going to dive all into it uh, throughout this entire podcast, go class by class, lots of information to talk about, of course, including the international global debut of the OKN category. This week's show is presented by Skip Barber Racing School. Are you looking to step up in racing? Go from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Racing School. Skip Barber alumni are champions in every motorsport series, including Formula One, NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar. Get behind the wheel of a Skip Barber Formula Four car featuring 160 horsepower turbocharged engine. Our highly structured and competitive Skip Barber Formula Race Series is the perfect platform to start your racing career so you can fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. With equalized race cars and a focus on driver development, your driving skills will determine if you end up in victory lane. Learn more about the Skip Barber Racing School at skipbarber.com or call 866-932-1949. All right, David, we uh, flew back yesterday. You were up... uh... Uh, crack of dawn, I guess. Not, I, I was probably dark the entire time you're at the airport too. You're four o'clock in the morning. You're up. To go home. I got. I got to see the sunrise from the airplane. Yeah, I thought you might. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a great weekend though. Again, Friday, Saturday, Sunday race uh, to to get things underway with the challenge of the Americas, the opening round of the program. First two rounds, obviously, of a six race series. Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, but Dave, I think the key thing, obviously, it's right in the logo. But the 16th season for the Challenge of the Americas, Andy Saisman and that and that staff, that family that's been together for so long, started back in 2008. It's just such a great program. It is. It's a great program. Great to be back with the Challenge family this past weekend. You know, we had great weather throughout uh, the weekend. A little windy on Friday, so yeah. that kind of that kind of you know reminded you why we hate Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> it's so windy there, man. Because when it's windy, it's terrible. When it's but when it's not windy, it's it's better. It's so Fantastic. much better. Yeah. Uh, you you don't feel as dirty and gross, and 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 you're not uh, you know the you're not scared to go up the stairs to the scoring and tower. So. You're not worried about all the tents blowing away. And exactly that. Yeah, you know, that's... luckily we didn't have any of that Friday. I think everybody knows now with the many 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 times that we've been to Tucson is is you need to hunker down all the yep. tents and make sure they're, they are not movable and they're not going to blow away. So yeah. again, yeah, great to be back with the challenge family and amazing a 16th year for the yeah. program. And again, many of the same people there, some new faces uh, coming in to help, you know, uh, take challenge to the, to, uh, to the kind of a new era. Uh, you know, 15 years is a long time. So the 16th <laughs> year, uh, you know, you get your driver's license. You start uh, things will change a little bit. <laughs> That's it. And and like you said, you know, some people have moved on to do different things. You know, refocusing. Mm-hmm. So you get a couple of new people coming in to different positions. You know, uh, you know, Andy did this the last couple of years. You got uh, the guys that are your primary uh, race directors that are you know getting up in years. Are they going to want to keep coming out for the weekend? So you bring somebody younger in. They brought Tyler Brooks in to help out as well. So he could be kind of the heir apparent moving forward. And I guarantee more younger people are going to come in as the series continues. But yeah, we'll cap off kind of the overview just with the fact you were right. It was almost Chamber of Commerce weather on Saturday and Sunday. We had temperatures, what, mid-Saturday, uh, mid-70s mid on Saturday. 79 was the high on Sunday. And it was it was literally blue sky all day on both Saturday and Sunday. Perfect. 
Yeah, perfect. Yeah, the weather was great uh, to allow for the for good racing. It was interesting. Yeah, how you said Sunday was much warmer than it was on Saturday, and it really stood out in qualifying. Yeah. I think it was like a five almost almost eight degree temperature change from from Saturday to Sunday in terms of qualifying sessions. So yeah, I'd almost say ten degrees, Dave. Literally, it was like low low forties to low fifties. It was yeah, crazy give or different. take. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was that was about the only difference was that it got warmer on Sunday. So it was great yeah. to uh, get to enjoy that in an early February weekend. You mentioned uh, a lot of changing around with the program, and, and we we've seen ebbs and flows. You and I always discuss ebbs and flows in terms of. You know, good numbers in mini, mini one year and then less numbers because more guys go up to the junior category. And we see a lot of that, but a lot of stuff happening on the on the West Coast. We've talked about throughout the last couple of years and, and, and uh, you know, Scusa having trouble with uh, their hundred, their 125 cc uh, liquid cooled category. Same with Rock. Almost everybody in the West Coast, David, that 125 liquid cooled tag engine, just not as popular as it once was. And that's why you're seeing the 100 cc stuff grow. And man, I'll tell you, uh, the challenge. Almost the record in terms of the biggest field ever, 100cc, 37 drivers. That was, that was for me, so big to see on this program. Yeah, near record setting a uh, number. You know, they saw, they saw 40s back in the, in the early days of the road tax in, yeah. the, in the senior category. Um, so, yeah, to, to see that, obviously, it's a mix. It's a mix of drivers we see at the national level. Uh, regional drivers and then a lot of drivers we had not seen before. So it was a good combination of everything. It's what you expect uh, for a winter program like this, because again, it's the start of the season, even though it was a February weekend, it's essentially the first big major race on the West coast of the 2023 season. So great to see the big numbers there. So the evolution again was the fact that Andy and, and the challenge crew deciding to drop that uh, rock, the, the, what they call the, the rock GP engine. So uh, no, no rock junior, no rock senior, no rock master. They went strictly to the hundred CC category. And it, it, I got to say, it really did pay off because essentially they had about what 48 drivers in total because they, there was, I think, did they end up with 38 in the senior category? I know we have 37 there. I think there was 37. Yeah, there was a, there was an entry that w- did not uh, okay. make a session. So, so 30, 37, 37 by my number. And because, 32 uh, in junior yeah. and the eight drivers in the master's category. So not quite the number I said, but man, just, just big numbers in that move to 100cc. And it didn't take away at all, David, from the quality of the racing because it was tremendous. It was, it was aggressive. It was, it got hectic at the end based on that racetrack. Uh, but I think that the, the kind of the hundred CC category really gave us everything we wanted. It does, you know, it, it provides, and especially with this series allowing two different engine platforms. Yeah. I think that shows because you, you had a mixture, I think aside from junior where everybody's on the, the, the VLR, uh, senior and master, you have both engines and in, in the, in the hunt, in the battle. So, uh, it, it, it's great to see that. Uh, because that's always when you see multiple engine uh, platforms, that's always been the focus. Well, this engine's better than that engine. And so <laughs> I think I think with the 100 CC program, the way we, that the challenge has it, uh, it's working out really well. Uh, shift for categories down just a little bit, as we've talked about in the Outlap Pro podcast, I ended up with 13 drivers in, in the Rock Senior Shifter, 12 drivers in Rock uh, Shifter Masters. We'll get to the class by class because there was essentially a, a, a one-on-one battle in each one of those categories. Hoping to see that new uh, Rock Shifter Junior category uh, make its debut, David. A lot of people last year were saying, man, if you guys offer a Junior Shifter, we'll do it for sure. And I know there was some tech stuff in getting, you know, the parts needed to be able to roll out that program. But uh, no, nobody taking answering the call for the hope first race. 
let's hope that one or two come out uh, for the rest of the program. Otherwise, I'll have to press the reset button and look at 2024. Yeah, kind of a work in progress. Again, the the, the restrictors not readily available. There are some here, uh, but again, just not a lot of time for people to get prepared. Again, that's you know we always say that give everybody a year before you implement it or make sure you have five drivers paid yep. for the whole season. Again, it's, it's no different than what you do at the club level. I don't know why we can't do this for, for national, even when other programs introduce a new category, make sure the entries are going to be there no matter what, it, it, you know, cause if, if they pay up and you, and you don't have enough to, to fit it into the schedule, then, then you just remove it and refund everybody money back. Because yep. again, it's just, it makes, it makes it, it, it's, it's not a good look when you do that, but you know, it, there's there's room to uh, to develop it and, and see where it goes, because I think there will be a need for it. And, you know, the challenge is on top of it, trying to be the first one to do it. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, proactive. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Indeed. One of the classes that is new and did have numbers, it was nine uh, on the weekend, ended up being eight for Sunday. But the new OKN class in the CIK FIA, that kind of national level, that national spec OK engine uh, debuted, David, with eight drivers and some pretty good feedback. Yeah, worldwide spec. It's a, worldwide, a, yeah. a global class uh, aimed, again, at uh, a similar structure. Uh, to not be to be more of a uh, not necessarily a sportsman division, but a, a more affordable, more um, uh, reliable, right? With reliable the, with the, yeah. category than than the 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 older brother, the OK category. So, um, yeah, it's it's good to see. It was interesting. You know, we saw two different engine packages on track, uh, but it became just one engine package with TM. So we'll get a little bit more into that, but. Um, yeah, great. You know, again, eight numbers or eight drivers, so it's a good start. It's a great start. We thought we were going to have ten, but it, it ended up being at eight. Um, and 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 it's not a non-championship class right now. So as this weekend was kind of a one-off, see where everybody's at, um, and and go from there. So it's a good start. Again, the first program in in the entire world to host a race for the OKN category. So great to make history with that. Um, got two drivers that won in a category on the weekend. So they put their names in the trivia books for, yeah. uh, for the future. And yeah, it, it, it certainly it's, it's sparking interest and there's a lot of, a lot of chatter on social media about it. So it's great to see that. Um, and we'll see what happens when, when the class continues on and, uh, we get more manufacturers involved. 120 entries total for the opening round of the Challenge of the Americas. Again, we were at a Muscleman Honda circuit this past weekend. Uh, time to run in for our first break, bro- folks. When we get back after this, we'll jump into the Paddock Pass, talk more about some of the stuff we touched on a little bit, but a couple other uh, little bits we'll, we'll talk about as well. You want the best? You just got to roll with the best. Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from StreeterSuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but Carding's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always-growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstands has over 30 continuous years of experience. Brick cart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. 
Check us out now at StreeterSuperSans.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperSans.com. The 25th edition of the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour continues this month with round two of the program heating up South Florida over the February 17th to 19th weekend. The series makes its debut visit at the new PK Entertainment and Race Park in Loxahatchee, Florida, which is located just outside West Palm Beach. Compete in any of the 10 categories featuring the Vortex engine line, from micro and mini rock to the VLR100cc classes and the high-speed rock shifter divisions. The series is set to wrap up on the March 17th to 19th weekend with the final rounds contested at the Orlando Kart Center. Each of the 10 class championships will be decided with the final round of action in Orlando, Florida. Be sure to mark down the Rock Vegas event, set for the real All Sweet Hotel and Casino, scheduled for October 25th to the 29th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Visit rockcupusa.com for all the details and information surrounding the Florida Winter Tour, Rock Vegas events, and more. For over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. One need only look at his team, Leading Edge Motorsports. He's always built engines for his team, and the results have been wins at the biggest races in America, the Scusa Super Nationals and the Rock Vegas events. The name on this program, Mega Power. This year alone, Bell and Danny Formell teamed up to sweep the Rock Shifter class on the Florida Winter Tour, all on a Mega Power engine. If you want to win shifter kart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your kart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines, such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IME Shifter, but with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. The combination of Greg Bell's engine building skills and his chassis tuning knowledge is a potent mixture. Greg's helped catapult many drivers to wins over the years, including Mercedes F1 star George Russell, who won the Supernats 14 in 2011 with Leading Edge Motorsports. Increase your odds of winning at this year's Rock Vegas or Supernational events or throughout 2023 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 to put mega power in your corner. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in episode number 106 of our EKN Debrief, our race report podcast, part of our EKN Trackside Live coverage. We were at the Challenge of the Americas in Tucson, Arizona this past weekend, and we'll jump now into the Paddock Pass, where we talk about a bunch of the stuff that happened away from the actual track itself. This edition of the Paddock Pass presented by CRG Nordam. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. Check out the CRG KT5 for tag and shifter racing, the Black Mirror for cadet competition, and the FS4 for Briggs. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com. And to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email them at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. All right, David, let's jump into the paddock pass. I was a little early on a couple of things there. We talked a little bit about the OKN engine making its worldwide debut. The fact that we didn't have any uh, Rock Junior shifters. Just 
again, just to touch on it once again, brand new categories brought in. There was interest last year. People were talking about it. The OKN is obviously a big discussion point around the world. Uh, Andy Saisman saying, you know what? we got an opportunity to come out of the gate, provide some new opportunities for some drivers who want to run different stuff. Let's throw it in the challenge here to start the year. No shifters for juniors. Sad. But like we said, I think a pretty good start with eight drivers uh, in or nine, actually, at one point in the uh, OKN category, especially with not all the engines being available right yet. That's exactly it. You know, not it's it's a manufacturer issue right now that we're dealing with with the uh, the new OKN category. And again, I said I just said it about the junior. I wish they would have waited a year to make sure you know they had a streamline of product to be able to provide competitors with before launching this program. Again, I, I understand the concept, but I think they just they jumped out on it at it too too quickly. Um, yeah, and actually it is nine. So I did get that incorrect. So, uh, right. I, I somehow did not uh, do that correctly, but you know, sometimes we make mistakes and That's we get right. over it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, with, with the OKN program, um, yeah, it's just, it's going to have, it's going to take some time to, to get grasp of its, of its possibilities. And then with the, with the, with the Rotax or the Rotax with the junior shifter category, Again, just uh, you know, drivers need drivers or parents really because it boils down to parents because they're they're, pay, they're taking care of everything, making the decisions. They, yep, they need they need to step up. You know, if they really wanted this, they they should have they should have came through with it. But again, the 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 restrictor is, is not something that's readily available right now. They're they're in, but they're not. You know, they don't have a lot of them ready. So I just we'll see that that's I think it's going to have an opportunity to to be something. It's just a matter of what, you know, are, are these, is this really something that drivers are going to look at? You know, I, I is, think they will. I really do. I, and I think that the rock shifter engine is, is the opportunity to do this, right? That, well, that's the, that's the thing. It, it, I think the rock shifter engine package is the perfect uh, platform for a junior shifter program again, because yeah. there's, there's no reason to do KZ. KZ is just an, an animal. It's just a beast. You that's know, that's it. exactly what that, yeah. that engine package is. But you know, I think this, so I think this is the right direction. I, you know, the, the, the downside is, is we're seeing a lot of these drivers who want to be race car drivers, you know, but they're still 10 years old. They're already moving to cars already. That's so, crazy. Are we so exactly so the the junior shifter category is a perfect opportunity for them to get accustomed to something that has a lot more power than they're used to shifting gears using a clutch etc cetera, etc cetera. a lot of different aspects in terms of what will help them in terms of car racing again we said it a long time you know we're the old fogies that talk you talk about adcc junior and how amazing it was back in the late 90s and early yeah. 2000s and all the different drivers that came up through the ranks here in North America and are now professional race car drivers that started in that program. So it's just, it's almost like there's too many different options for these kids, but I think junior shifter is something that could be viable down the road. I do too. I really do. I think it's going to give these these drivers more to think about than just, you know, being flat out driving around at 10, 12, 13, 14 years of age, right? It's it'll come. It's going to be a good program. Those are for the young kids. We can talk about some of the veteran drivers who we, who we had out, David, at the racetrack. Uh, one of the guys we talked to quite a bit, talked about him quite a bit. He, he and I were actually messaging last night, and he told me he's he's addicted right now again. And I'm talking about Joey Guion from Overdrive, driver out of uh, the West Western Canada, came down to do some driving, ran in the uh, uh, the, the Masters, Rock Master Shifter class, and loved it. 
like I said, David, we were messaging last night. He's addicted. He can't wait to get back down racing again. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Joey, Joey is a longtime series supporter. He's been a mm-hmm. part of the challenge for a number of years, be it sponsorship or bringing drivers down there or working as a mechanic, even engine with, builder, uh, remember, as, as well. An engine builder as well, too. Yeah. You know, a lot of different aspects in terms of of his support and 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 part of the challenge of the Americas. So um, to see him behind the behind the wheel was interesting. And yeah, I mean, even Saturday, you know, not not exactly happy with the pace that he was putting down but just enthusiastic about being behind the wheel and and racing again and again excited about you know it's it's winter up there there's not much racing going on so again to be able to come down to to arizona and be able to race and and helps jump start the the start of the new year because it's just around the corner once the snow melts up here uh there'll be trackside so um yeah and he's got you know he's kind of doing his own chassis uh, that was cool to talk to him about um, where it's basically it was basically designed for Briggs 206 racing and 100 cc racing. But he said he's even putting Rotex engines um, on this 30 mil chassis and he says it's working great. So he's kind of got a, a, a utility knife for uh, for of a chassis up nice. there for for his region. Um, so it's great to see that uh, that drive and 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 um, enthusiasm, enthusiasm and yeah. Enthusiasm, enthusiasm, <laughs> uh, for uh, for somebody that that is is around our age. Yeah, you know what? And talking to Joey after Saturday night, he said he was kind of inspired by me running the Supernats. He said I was kind of jealous that you were out there running at the Supernationals. I said I got to get back behind the wheel. So to see him come down, hopefully, I think he's going to be there for the entire program, which is great. And uh, yeah, right, Joey was right there, just outside, kind of the top three. He was fourth or fifth all weekend long, and just needs a little bit more speed. And know he's got more time, I think, on the track at Phoenix. So. Hopefully you guys will be able to see him there on the first weekend of March. Otherwise, pretty pretty cool to see Joey down there. Now, one of the things I, I knew about the new carburetor, David, in Mini, I didn't I didn't know about the new oil in in, in the category. What's what, what's the new oil program? I guess I don't know if I missed that or not. Uh, Eni, it's uh, I believe okay. it's recognized by by Vortex as the official oil for Vortex and Rock Cup uh, racing. So um, yeah, Motul is no longer. Uh, the spec oil for the series. So it's Eni. Um, yeah. So not much again, when you, when there's no issues, you don't hear about it and no, there right. were no that's, issues. So that's, that's essentially why we didn't hear anything about it. Nobody talked about it. Nobody said that it had any complaints about it. Um, so it was, it, it's an easy swap in swap out type scenario for, for that. And including the carburetor as well too, for the, uh, for the mini categories going to the butterfly system. Um, you know, it, we didn't see or hear any complaints about it, um, you know, and that was one of the focus points that that Andy's been talking about over the winter was all these competitors complained about the carburetor on the mini category. And now that there's a new carburetor, he doesn't have all these complainers coming back to race with the program <laughs> with the new carburetor. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see if, you know, hopefully, you know, people have the uh, the data now on the new carburetor. We'll see hopefully see more racers uh, at, at Phoenix and in Sonoma. One of the things I thought was really cool as we kind of wrap up this segment of the Paddock Pass on, on our debrief here of the Challenge of the Americas event in Tucson uh, was, you know, normally we obviously a lot of drivers from the West Coast. We get a lot of drivers coming down up from Canada or down from Canada for, for the program and have over the last 16 years. What I, The interesting one I thought this year was kind of the arrival of MPG Motorsports, which is a, a team based in Indiana at Whiteland Raceway Park. Uh, you know, they were they did the, the Will Power program for a while. Now they're focused totally on the 
on the uh, the, the Cart Republic, along with with a little bit of Race Factory with Race Liberante. But to, to Chase Jones came out. It was interesting to look down, David, the entry list. I'm you know talking about guys not not no, we normally don't do this in the challenge, but talking about guys from Indiana, guys from Ohio. Um, you know, they brought a bunch of their regular drivers for MPG Motorsports and made their debut at the challenge there in Tucson. Yeah, kind of a mixture with the race factory drivers mm-hmm. and the MPG drivers. So a combination of those two programs, uh, you know, because race factory had been a, a supporter of the challenge last year. So they had already kind of had that footing. So you kind of combine both programs, but with MPG coming over, yeah, it was a great, uh, opportunity for chase Jones to, to work with the OKN at category. Um, that's something they're going to run with in the stars championship series here on the East side of things. So again, great, great opportunity to get some, rather than going to Florida, get some testing and, uh, and, and again, present something new and challenging for, uh, some of their other drivers who came with, such as Austin Olds and uh, Henry Wheeler in the senior yeah. category. So again, got, it's a great, great opportunity. Again, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, uh, you're really not learning anything. So it's a great chance for these drivers to go to a brand new racetrack that you've never been to, and and get get some uh, get some seat time while also learning that and get good good competitive fields, especially in the 100 senior and junior categories yeah we saw austin olds really kind of work his way from just outside the top 10 top 15 kind of thing get in into the fight up front he was in the top five at one point so austin learning a new track getting pressured or getting pushed to to be a little more flexible did a great job that wraps up the paddock pass folks when we get back after this break we'll uh, start diving into the race report our first categories to hit on will be uh the rock shifter and rock shifter masters class don't go anywhere it's the race report after this It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIKFIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and a 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro De Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shifter car drivers are at the front of the field in the GT14 frame, with the SS31 a consistent contender in tag and 100cc competition. 
Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with 28 years racing at the highest levels in the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC. GFC, live your passion. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 106 of our EKN Debrief as we take a deep dive into the Challenge of the Americas opener in Tucson, Arizona. We're into the race report right now. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. This race report presented by Odin Fall Racing Products. Motor mounts are critical to producing 100% of the power your engine has to get it and you on the podium each and every time. Odenthal Racing Products provides the best in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience providing products and unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Check out their Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines and their four-cycle easy set for the Briggs and Stratton 206 power plant. Head to odenthalracing.com to find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. All right, uh, DC, let's jump into the Rock Shifter class. Rock Shifter presented by Sweet Tech. Here's the headline. Gulick and Williams each sweep around. It was the two two of the drivers we thought were going to be in contention yep. all weekend long with Jacob Gulick, Macy Williams coming back as uh, Gulick, a former winner last year, and Williams right there kind of on the verge of, of, of podium finishes and, and competing in the top five. Uh, Saturday was all Gulick. It was a sweep by him, setting fast time and qualifying, winning the pre-final and leading uh, each and every lap of the main event. Macy Williams was right there on his bumper the entire way but ended up coming up four tenths short at the checkered flag. So the GFC driver picking up his second career uh, challenge of the Americas victory. Yeah. Macy Williams finishing second, as you said, Connor Wick in third, Micah Hendricks fourth and Ethan Boer had the fast lap of the race uh, capping off the top five for GFC. And for me, the, the cool factor was over the last five laps, I think Macy lap five or six laps, she was about seven tenths of a second back at one point. And then over the final laps, that cart kept getting better and better. She was consistently a 10th faster and she knocked it down from seven tenths to six to five to four, eventually locked onto the rear bumper, uh, David of Gulick uh, of Jacob, but just wasn't able to get close enough at the end to make the pass. But I think it probably did set the momentum going into Sunday. Well, that certainly helps when you know you're right there. You have 
the speed to obviously match the leader that helps transition over into the next day, you know, maybe do a little homework uh, overnight to be able to find that extra little bit of speed. And that's exactly kind of what she did. Um, You know, Macy came out, set fast time in qualifying, uh, was able to grab the whole shot and lead the pre-final and drive away to the race win. And then again, same thing in the main event, got a great, good, better start than what Gulick was able to, uh, as he, he fell, I think back to third in that opening corner. Uh, so that allowed Williams to get a little bit of a gap. Gulick got into second and just was basically you look at the lap times, like they ran nearly identical laps the entire, uh, rest of the distance, um, you know, within a 10th or two, uh, their own times were within a 10th or two, you know, probably you're like a, what the 48 or I can't remember the lap times. Let me see if I can get there, but it just seemed like their, their lap times, their, the Delta between their slow and fast was like maybe two tenths. So they were, they were, they were like machines out there and sitting, setting those same lap times over and over again. And Macy did it again, right? Exactly. Like she did on Saturday. She kept getting faster and faster and faster at the very end. And even though Gulick was kind of dialing it up, she was able to go quicker and that and kind of that, that gap yeah. that was like maybe two to three tenths of a second. Mm-hmm. She was able to make it almost eight tenths by the checkered flag. Yeah. Lap 15 with her was her quickest, which was the overall quickest. And then Gulick did his on 16 and did an eight, two, two while she did an eight, one, three. So go, again, right? just super <laughs> close to each other. And I know Macy was uh, in her social media post. Thanked Ron white racing. I think she was working with a, she had Ron, uh, a rental engine from Ron white, I believe for the weekend. Correct. So, yeah. so yeah. And I was mentioned with Ron a little bit yesterday. He was super proud of her and just so excited because the bottom line is, is we really haven't even mentioned this. This is the first time that, that a female has won uh, the rock, the primary rock shifter, you know, the senior shifter category on the challenge. Pretty big. Yeah. First time to have a female driver win this category. We saw Sabre cook, uh, win the DD2 category and win championship there. So um, not necessarily the shifter. That's not a shifter category. So we'll call this the, sh- the real shifter category with six speeds. But um, but uh, yeah, it, it, exciting because we've had Hannah Greenmeyer. We've had a number of other different female drivers in this class. And and so now she gets the uh, the honor of being the first female driver to win in this category. Yeah, big. As I mentioned before, Connor Wick was kind of the uh, the best of the rest. He was got right there in P3 all day on Saturday. Sunday, he was back a little further, but over the last couple laps, kind of dug things in and was able to work his way up to third on the final circuit. Uh, so Wick, uh, essentially exactly the same podium. People on the podium just a little shaken up a little bit. Wick gets a pair of third place finishes for GFC. Uh, Ethan Boer, who was fifth on Saturday, ends up fourth on Sunday. A pretty good run for that young driver for the Gary Carlton crew. And then Flynn Lazier, a uh, driver who's been doing some off-season testing in the Indy Next category, decided he wanted to get some more seat time, hooked up with Ron White. And he was kind of a, a top-five runner throughout the weekend, did a great job. He was battling with Henry Barton as well, another CRG driver. But in the end, Flynn able to come home P5. Yeah, just missed the speed on Saturday and was able to pick it up on Sunday to uh, to cap off a, a top-five finish. So it was kind of Gulick versus Williams uh, in the senior category. In the Masters category, very similar, two drivers battling out. Master Shifter brought to you by Ron White Racing, and here is the headline. Vitolo doubles up with first series victories. It was really, yeah, as you said, a two-driver fight like we saw in the senior category. This time it was Jonathan Vitolo in the GFC and Nick George in the Illuminos machine. They were uh, the two drivers that really stood out all weekend long. Vitolo was able to get the, the first uh, bout with the uh, fast time in qualifying, but George came back and was able to win the race in the pre-final. The and main he whole event, sh- he whole, he whole, he whole shot on big time. And re- he got the whole shot to start the pre-final on Saturday and was able to take the lead into one. 
George yeah, and had the whole shot in the in the main event, but uh, Vitola was able to grab the lead back after completing the first circuit. And basically from there, very similar to what we saw in senior with the two drivers kind of matching lap time after lap after lap. Uh, Vitolo was able to set the fast time with a 6.02 with George running a 6.57. So again, very similar. It was actually Vitolo's last lap that he was able to lap, put down that, that quick lap of the race uh, en route to his first series victory by just over three tenths of a second. Yeah, he was super happy with getting that first win. Wanted to, to get that that victory stand on top of the podium. Come back Sunday to do it again, and you have all that momentum. And it kind of got uh, kind of got deflated a bit out of the gate as Nick George was the fastest driver in qualifying, but Vitolo David would fight back in the pre-final again. Yeah, was able to get the the win in the pre-final, and then in the main event was able to get the whole shot this time and and hold off George there for uh, a wire to wire victory. Uh, this time extending his lead to nearly two seconds, but again, running fast lap of the race with a four, six, seven George was only able to run a five, five, six, so a little bit slower than what Vitello was able to put down, uh, during the race. And, uh, it showed in the difference with nearly a two second margin of victory for his second of the weekend. Yeah, really the exact same uh, podium and exact, exact same top four. Pat Beckley uh, did a really strong job on on Saturday. Put that really good lap times running for GFC to make, give him you know two carts on the on the podium there. Beckley even dialed it up even more. Uh, got got even quicker on Sunday. Still was P three, uh, but uh, turned even better lap times. Joey Guion, who we had talked about, uh, had a great battle with Morn Von Tock, uh, TB Cart driver on Saturday. Uh, able to get fourth. Von Tock was in fifth, but Von Tock qualified on Sunday, but didn't run the pre pre main. I'm not sure why he didn't run the pre main or the main. Guion then kind of uh, was it was clean and green for fourth again. But then there was a good battle further back for fifth, sixth, and seventh. David Jones coming out with that one. Well, actually, it was Guion that was third at one point. I think yes, he was. Beckley right. wasn't a bit wasn't as quick off the line. Exactly. Uh, so Guion had third for a little bit, but Beckley, yeah, just really good pace for him. Uh, only four tenths off the top two guys for fast lap. So not bad for a supermaster guy. Again, top supermaster driver in the field. If you were to look at that, uh, age, age bracket. And the best battle on the racetrack, to be honest, was fifth, sixth, and seventh, right? It was during, yeah, during the Sunday main event, it was three drivers going back and, or kind of just nose to tail. Uh, not quite sure who was able to go pull it off, but it was David Jones uh, on that aluminum. Yeah. When uh, our buddy, Bill Piles was in that fight. He was, they were scrapping it. That was a lot of fun to watch. So there, there's th your first uh, two of your of the seven classes that we'll head into here. After this break, we'll come back. We'll talk OKN. We'll talk Mini Rock as well. So stay tuned. More to come on this edition of The Debrief. Ready to step up your game? Joining the Rawlison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawlson Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, ABP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. ABP has become the benchmark in IAMI competition. We have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team, providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. 
Do you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win? The answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawls Performance Group. We race to win. Two thousand nineteen marked a new era for the Cartlift brand. The company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since two thousand three, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business, Stockholm Karting Center, in October of two thousand nineteen. Stockholm Karting Center Inc. has added the Cartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past twenty five years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper Push the button and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-777. 777-8020. Get a cart lift and leave your crew at home. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full carding packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to episode 106 of the Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network as we have our race report look at the challenge of the America's opener in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, the race report today brought to you by Odenthal Racing Products. Uh, let's go into the OKN category. Obviously, a lot of eyes on it. We, of course, were watching it. I'm sure a lot of guys in North America were watching it. I guarantee there were people at the CIKFIA offices that were watching it as well. This was, as we said, the global debut of the OKN category, the first ever race ever. So everything was a first. First, qual- first uh, top qualifier, first race winner. Uh, but here is the headline. And again, OKN presented by P1 Engines. The headline? Vasquez and Nash become first OKN winners in the world. Yeah, as you said, Rob, that that it was kind of the focal point for 
everybody online to watching and seeing what was going on at the challenge event this weekend, aside from all the regular categories, was the debut of the OKN engine package. Blake Nash was the driver to secure the first fast time in the qualifying session, uh, but it was Jesus Vasquez Jr. winning the pre-finals. So both of those drivers got their names into kind of the record books to begin the day. Going into the main event, however, it was Jesus Vasquez that was able to uh, to kind of get out front early and uh, and basically walk away. Nash had a little bit of troubles early on, wasn't uh, able to stay on Vasquez's bumper. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a, a a group start. There was a lot of contact, so I think that was kind of what helped Vasquez early on. You had Chase Jones in the mix there uh, early, Dustin Salaveria as well. Um, but Vasquez was able to kind of get away in the early couple of laps and establish a, a pretty good lead. And it was actually three seconds by the time the checkered flag wave with Blake Nash uh, finishing in the second spot with Vasquez earning the first ever main event victory for the LKN category. Yeah, cool to see a couple of the Sodi carts there as well with Nick LaDuke and his karting collective team. Dustin Salaveri and Chris Martin were pretty quick throughout the entire weekend. They were top five. Uh, pretty much the entire time, Salaveria ended up finishing in the third spot. Chase Jones, who we talked about with MPG Motorsports, was in the fourth spot, and Chris Martin rounded up the top five. Uh, it was it was a rough day for Chase Jones. I think he actually cracked a chassis, I believe. Uh, two. Day, two chassis. <laughs> he did not come back. He did not run the. He did yeah. not run on Sunday, so he, so he cracked two chassis. All right, so he, a chassis change, I believe, uh, for the main event, but he ended up finishing P four anyways. Yeah, the pre-final, they noticed it, it was cracked really bad. And uh, what they weren't, I don't think he was going to race, but they found uh, a Cart Republic, um, Mr. Wiener. Um, Steve Wiener. Sorry, Steve Wiener yeah. uh, had one that he ran last year. So they they kind of, they, they took all his Chase Jones engines and everything, put it on that, even had the same uh, Steve Wiener bodywork on from last year. Um, it, it just... The, the chassis didn't react. They had the same setting. They put the same settings on. It just didn't react. And it was really, it looked like it was a, a wild bull out there. For it was a, a bucket bit. Bronco for sure. So yeah. yeah. Um, but when they got it done after the, you know, he held on to finish fourth, uh, but got done and noticed there was a, a crack as well in that one. So uh, they elected not to, not to run on Sunday. So speaking of Sunday, out of the gate, really, we, we talked about Vasquez winning on Saturday. It really was Blake Nash kind of all day long on Sunday, qualified on the pole, won the pre-final, and in the main event kind of got settled in nicely uh, and was able to, to, to pull away to the race win. Jesus Vasquez, David, uh, it was very, very close at the start. With Obviously, it was an all-Nash Motorsports front road. Uh, Nash on the inside, Vasquez on the outside. Jesus ended up finishing in second, but it didn't finish that way after some issues at the start. Yeah, they called Vasquez uh, jump for a jump start, so that cost him two positions and basically took him from second to fourth. Um, it was kind of close. Um, he was about six inches ahead of the line. I saw the picture of it at the when they at came, the when, green flag at the green or flag. at the commitment. Okay, at, well, it, it, well, I don't know. I don't. That's, that's right. we. I don't know. I didn't get into it because I didn't know until we got to the podium that he actually got a penalty for it. So. Um, from my vantage point, cause I, I did a video, I think, it, or I was watching from up the top. It looked like he got back behind by the time they got to where the flagman was. So I, 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 I don't know what, what the ruling is. I'm assuming that it's by the time they got to the commitment cone. So it, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's a tough one. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough penalty to get. You know, obviously there's drivers pushing you from behind. And, and different scenarios like that. So, um, yeah, d a tough penalty. Obviously, he could have went and tried to get it 
get the victory. Uh, but it seemed like they were two kind of evenly matched. Vasquez did had fast slap, but he had a little bit of advantage in the in the uh, draft of, of Blake Nash. But uh, still on track, a one-two finish for Nash and Vasquez. Yeah, Salaveria and Martin, the Sodi car drivers, finishing second and third with that uh, that penalty, which changed up the order. Alex Keys and Alex Keys Racing out there are running uh, on the Charles Leclerc ends up finish, finishing P five, and it's one of the interesting things, David, that we put about we we talked about a little bit in the Paddock Insider. Was Andy going around? Andy Say's been going around and checking all the weights. How, how much ballast each each driver had on? How much over each driver was? And Alex Keys is one of the drivers. I think he was like twelve pounds over. He weighs like one hundred and eighty pounds or something to that effect. So he was kind of running around with a little bit of a you know uh, his own disadvantage throughout the weekend. Uh, the weight, yeah, fourteen pounds. Um, you know, as we talked about in the Paddock Insider. Three or 170 is about the magic number you want to be for a driver in this category. Everybody was, you know, within three or four pounds aside from him. You had uh, Chase Jones was 348 and he's about 176. So, again, just a little bit. If you drop six pounds, he'd be two, two pounds within two pounds of uh, the yep. minimum weight. So, um, yeah, look, and then you look at Blake and and has Jesus. They were the two smallest drivers coming into the weekend. Yeah, they got like forty pounds two, on, right? They were the two drivers who had forty pounds on. So yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You know, you could you could lower this weight, but then you'd take a lot more drivers out. So I think I think it's a good number, three forty. Again, we talk about it all the time. I'll get on my little soapbox is that the weights are already too high as it is. So I know, I know. If, if you're 200 pounds, you, you're not racing. You're not racing carts professionally. I does this class, that. does this class need to be like 17 years of age and older? So we don't have the 12 year old 80 pound kids wanting to run it. This cat. Well, you know, see, that's an interesting, that's an interesting concept because right. I don't think that's what the FIA is looking to do. I think the FIA is looking at it as, you know, if you're not a driver who can afford to go international or national racing yep. or international racing, this is your national class because, you know, the costs are limited. The the engine is limited. It's not exactly the monster that the OKN or OK category is, you know, compare it. I would say it's very comparable to, you know, what we're going to see with spec racing. You know, might the cost might be a little bit more, I think, just because people are going to want to um, to work on them, you know, mm-hmm. really, in, in all honesty, I don't I think they'll be able to last long. Um, but, you know, speaking with the drivers and the way it reacts, I think obviously we saw it in the in the times. I mean, they're very close to what shifter carts are doing um, out there to where they're nearly what almost three seconds quicker than the 100 CC. So. I, again, I think this is this is an elite category. If if we're looking at the United States itself, yeah, I, I this is you know I talked I I talked with Andy, I talked with you, and I talked with another opera, you know cat team owners and stuff like that. I think this is a pro category. I really do. I think for this engine package, um, you know, you put you put your pro drivers in it. You know, you leave the other 125 categories or even the 100 cc to to. Um, you know, drivers that are still making their way up in terms of performance. Yeah. And, and, you know, shifter drivers, if they don't like shifter, this is the great, or, you know, drivers who, who, you know, you think should move up to shifter, but they don't want to. This so you is think probably this is, the, you cost. think this is, do you think this is the Ryan Norberg class? Oh yeah. Like a jars of crack, Ryan jars Norberg. If jars of crack were to race again, uh, Paul, you know, Pauly Massimino, uh, like Tulio, that kind of stuff. Well, think here. Okay. Let's think about it this way. What about all those guys in USF 2000 and pro and, and US pro 
that that come back to race carts. This is that category for them. Yep, I agree with that. Because it's like as we talked with Chase Jones and 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 Alex Keys, it reminds you of driving a car the way you have to break it because it's engine braking. It's yeah. not. It's not. Uh, You're not you freewheeling know, it with the clutch. It's not freewheeling it with a clutch. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I really do. I really think this could be the pro category. Again, we have different engine manufacturers. Mm-hmm. We the chassis brands and manufacturers can get behind it. I think this. This and KZ could be the pro categories. We'll see. There you go. David Cole said it. <laughs> I have many, many other ideas, but I'm kind of keeping them myself. I have no doubt. Right. To, uh, to see what we can, can come up with for 2024. Yeah, we already talked about that. We had a lot of conversations about David's F1 concept charter idea. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, all right, let's go into the mini rock category presented by the aforementioned Alex Keys Racing. Here's the headline for mini rock. Gadara and Belog enter uh, earn career firsts. Yeah, again, this category we talked about it in the outlap. We're going to have a number of new faces at the front because we had a lot of graduates move up from the mini category into junior racing or beyond. And so we got to get introduced, and Matt, I can't say his last name. Gadara. Gadara. Matt Gadara opened up the door and said, Hello, I'm here. <laughs> he Qualifying fast time on the CRG. Uh, so it was good to see that. And then the pre-final, good little race with Luca Popescu. Popescu? Victory. Popescu? I Sorry. had to ask. I said, okay. I would say a Popescu. You keep saying I, Popescu, so I go by what you were saying. But I fixed it on Sunday. Popescu. I didn't hear you on Sunday. Yeah, so I talked to I ignored Popescu. you. You were out of the track the whole time. <laughs> you were, listen, I'll give you props, Dave, but you were, you were busting your ass. Like, you were literally hardly, you were either on track or videoing guys after the races. So, yes, you probably didn't hear me announce it at all. I heard Papa Skew on the mic, just so you know. Not on um, Sunday. Not on Sunday. <laughs> so, say, so say it, Popescu. Popescu. Okay, so like it's spelled, Popescu. Popescu. Okay. So, yeah, he was he was able to win the pre-final on his Nash Motorsports Energy machine. Uh, and the main event, it was uh, a good battle for the lead early on and until Gadara was able to kind of just escape. You know, he had the lead. And they're racing behind him. He's they like, were ra- and they were racing behind him. Racing. Everybody racing was. Oh, him. my He's like, well, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, never never made a, 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 a an error. Put the tires where they needed to be and was able to drive away to a three-second margin of victory for his first challenge win. And I'd love to go back. I, I would bet lap 16 they were, uh, they were all together. Like, literally, they were all racing together. Everybody caught back up. They were all, and all of a sudden, when they started racing, uh, Matt got out into the lead. And literally... It, they raced so hard over the last lap and two last two laps. That's where that 3.2 seconds was. Cause they were side by side everywhere. So uh, again, it was, it was really fun to watch. Popescu ends up getting in second. Braden Wagner in the GFC rounding out the podium. Jackson Gibson was running a Gallard chassis with uh, Austin Elliott and speed sense motorsports on the weekend. He ended up fourth and Paxton Romero rounding out the top five on the opening day. It was uh, it, it was, some, it was some hectic racing. Let's put it that way. in mini rock, especially near the end. Uh, both races. Yeah, and like you said, they 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 were just catching him, and then they started racing again for second. So yeah, it certainly uh, again he ha- he was in the driver's seat the entire di- most most of the distance uh, once he took over the lead on lap six. So it was a good race. Again, stayed out of trouble and kept it clean and and got the victory. Sunday was like you said, very similar to what we saw. Again, a lot of uh, good racing. Uh, Gadara was able to set fast time once again in qualifying with. Uh, Popescu earning the pre-final win. So kind of a very similar way yeah. it uh, results in term 
from Saturday to Sunday. Main event, however, was a little bit different. This time we had penalties kind of decide the way things would end up. It was a four driver fight uh, until a little bit of contact dropped uh, Brandon uh, Wagner. 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 Uh, Brandon Wagner. So he got kind of spun around on the exit of turn four that left three drivers fighting for the victory. That included Papa uh, Popescu, uh, Jackson. Oh my gosh. Why can't it Jackson Gibson and Gabriel Belog. So those yeah. three drivers kind of went back and forth over the second half of the race. And it was Papa. Oh my God. I can't see. Now I, I can't get I got there. Drilled in my head. You'll get Popescu there. was able <laughs> to grab the lead and come across the line as the provisional winner. Unfortunately, the contact with Braden Wagner early on in the race cost him 10 seconds. Uh, That would drop him from the victory to the fourth position. And that would allow the Canadian Gabriel Belog on the uh, JV cart to score his first challenge victory in what is his challenge debut on the weekend. Yeah. Indeed, yeah, Belog for Race Lab on that uh, Jacques Villeneuve chassis getting the win. Uh, Jackson Gibson, who was in the fight there throughout the day, finishing in second, Paxton Romero in third, Popescu in fourth, and Cam Becker rounding out the top five of the Cart Republic. Uh, All in all, great to see a couple of young drivers getting those wins, and we'll, of course, look forward to Phoenix to try to keep it all rolling. Uh, Folks, another quick break of the action. We get back uh, with the race report presented by Odenthal Racing Products. It's time to roll through the 100cc categories, senior, junior, and masters. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, the United States Pro Kart Series, the Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. 
special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record-setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margay Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network and the 106th edition of our EKN Debrief as we are doing our race report podcast on the Challenge of the Americas opener in Tucson, Arizona. Again, Odenthal Racing Products sponsoring our race report today. Senior 100cc presented by Forward Direction Motorsports. And here's the headline. Hand and Letch give GFC double win weekend. Yeah, the largest category of the weekend was won by GFC both days, but... It was a battle to the very end in each <laughs> yes, of the was. main events <laughs> and a number of different drivers all in the mix as well, too. It was Dylan Archer that uh, came out and set fast time in qualifying. So it put him uh, as the first target ended up being Frankie Mosman. However, that was the driver on the move and the driver to beat after winning the prefinal. Uh, essentially, it was a, a kind of a bigger pack. Uh, in the main event, I'm kind of not remembering how well, this race went. So I'll, I'll pick it up then. Remember the, yeah. the, the, again, back and forth, like crazy. Let's just go right. Kind of the last couple of laps. It was a four driver breakaway near the end with, with Mossman leading election second chase handed, worked his way up into third after getting by Lydia small. Uh, and Lydia had a really strong mm -hmm. weekend. She was good yeah. all, all weekend long with Nash. They were kind of top four coming down to the end. They're all lined up. Uh, Letch is literally just patient, 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 didn't try. Um, uh, Mossman goes, of course, starts to go on the defensive, right? So coming running some of the, the tighter lines, covering down the inside of a couple of corners. All comes down to the run down the back straightaway. Letch goes to the inside, tries to make a move to the inside of Mossman. A little bit of contact, bumper to the kind of left rear of, of Mossman. He ends up, they both end up going off the line. 
And it just from P3, it was exactly what you could do from third. The big over-under for hand. He went way wide, got a better run out. Both those drivers, both Mossman and Letch, were kind of holding on, coming through the corner. And that allowed uh, that allowed hand just to roll out and end up getting the position. I believe Letch came across the line P2. Uh, There's a ton of stuff that happened. Lydia Small actually got a penalty as well for contact at one point. Uh, but that's kind of how it shook down. Chase Ham was in the right place at the right time, got to third. And really all he could do with those two drivers battling it out in turn number 11. Yeah, I'm looking looking at my notes here real quick. Uh, yeah, so Lech was still – yeah, Lech was uh, – He stayed on yeah. the racetrack. He was able – I think Frankie so Lydia. So that's what it was. Lydia was actually able to get by both of them as well because both Lech and Mossman went off to the – off to the uh the side yeah i don't think let went in the grass i mean in the dirt though there's no grass there. no he was he was just in the marbles and <laughs> yeah. didn't have the momentum so hand had the momentum uh lydia had the, and followed him followed him through was able to i think just edge out um letch for the second spot at the line and she but, got the uh, pel- and she got the penalty, David, got the from penalty. The re- for the wreck and turn one at the start uh 10 seconds for contact uh, yeah i wasn't sure where it was what so what the issue was there. There was a, a there was a big wreck at the green flag. Josh Campbell got turned around. Remember at the very start okay. going into one and right in the middle of the racetrack and they stacked probably eight or nine drivers got stacked up yeah. uh, in turn number one. Lydia got uh, got the penalty for contact there that dropped her back. Yeah. But so yeah. Moss, Mossman actually ended up falling back to fifth <laughs> at the line as uh, G three Argyros. Argyros. I had finally I finally asked Argyros. Argyros. Was just able to get him at the line as well. So the the penalty to Lydia Small ended up moving G three up to the third step of the podium, Mossman into the four spot, and then Connor Chen in the Track Magic putting uh, th- uh, three GFCs in the top five. Yeah, Connor was running around the top ten, top fifteen mm-hmm. all weekend long. Had a really good run. Ended up uh, you know obviously getting paid off there with the top five. Roll back on Sunday and Letch, of course, looking for retribution. Right, he wants that victory. Uh, qualifies on the pole, uh, but the pre-final was it was Mossman going back to, to the front. It, it, Mossman and Letch were just right there. In fact, they, they end up getting they end up racing again exactly the same, kind of coming to the end of the race on Sunday. But it, it was even wilder on Sunday. But well, it, it was more people. I mean, that's that's true. really what it boiled down to. Because yeah, as you said, it was it was it was Letch on the bumper of Mossman the entire distance, just waiting for that opportune moment. Unfortunately. He made. I think he made that move uh, with two laps to go. He made did. a move, took over the lead, and won. Um, and that kind of, you know, allowed the second group to close in even more. And then they raced a little bit more at the start of the last lap. So it was basically, I, th- I want to say, about seven drivers that were right there in the mix as they went through the S's and got over to turn four. And it was like two wide, four deep. Well, uh, going remember, into turn five. remember it was chase hand who had the issue, right? They, they changed the engine, went to the VLR. So we had to start last in the pre-main drove up to 10th in the pre-main. And he was leading that second group with like with, with Tim Carroll and a couple other drivers were in there as well. But it, up front, it was Lech Mossman and Varney again, I believe. And then everybody came up and now David, we can talk, <laughs> we can talk about, the the crash of the s's or one well yeah yeah let, yeah well let's let's get into the hand thing a little bit yeah he yeah. he had two iami engines uh elected not to go with either thus getting the penalty to go to a rock engine uh for for the day so it was because he went to a third engine that he was 
uh, that was not checked in. So that, that was the reason yep. he started at the back of the pre-main. So again, made that way 37 to 10th, which wow, is again, yeah. a great drive uh, in that sense. And then avoided any of the opening lap issues. And as you said, was kind of right there in that second group, essentially kind of leading the way yep. uh, you had Tim Carroll, you had Josh Campbell, you had Kane Martin, and you had a couple others as well too. Um, kind of right there. So last lap, they go through four. They're like, two by four going into turn five. I think Letch finally is able to escape in that corner uh, turn five with the lead. And they still go too, you know, too wide through the S's. Well, they get to the second part of the S's and a little bit of contact you would expect going too wide. That actually sends Varney off into the, in the dirt on the inside, which I think what's the turn going on to the straightaway turn. That was nine, nine. turn nine. So yeah. essentially he's going backwards through the dirt at the apex in turn nine luckily avoids everybody except Mossman who he, he kind of slides up into. Um, so that takes those two drivers out of the race uh, in that corner that gives Lech kind of the, 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 the path and the easy run uh, to the checkered flag. And that allows chase hand to make his way up into the second spot through the final couple of corners to uh, essentially give GFC a one-two finish with Lutch earning his first victory since uh, Sonoma in 2021. Yeah, Tim Carroll ends up getting the uh, the third spot, which was perfect because I, had, I it says Timothy Carroll on the on, on live time. And I'm like, is it actually Timothy? And I asked him at the end. I go, I said, and he gave me the, the response that I always get. What do you want me to say? Oh, I don't care. I said, no. What do you want me to call you? Timothy, Tim. He says, they also call me Timmy. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go with Tim. So Tim Carroll did a great job. He was right in the fight. Ends up P3. I think his first podium as well uh, in the challenge. Josh Campbell coming home in fourth and Cade Martin in fifth. I, I was, I was, was it, was it Varney that went off or was it, I thought, it, I, for some reason, I thought it was Mossman's was the driver who went off the racetrack and backwards. It was actually No, Varney? it was Varney. It was Varney oh, that man. went off in the track. I saw a bunch of, yeah. I saw a bunch of video. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I saw a different video as well too. So did you uh, see the, did you see the onboard with, from Campbell? Where he, he just comes flying back across the racetrack. Wow. Yep. It could have, and to collect only one cart was probably. That's what I was saying. It was, yeah, it was very lucky. It could have been a worse incident than what it was. Yeah. Uh, again, but you know, that's part of racing. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Varney and Mossman got the bad end of the stick on this one. Yep. Yep. Uh, and hopefully their luck will change when we get to Phoenix where we'll have, we'll, we'll have more dirt. <laughs> <laughs> they both showed good spe- speed in the weekend, though. Let's put it that way. For, for, for sure, pop- yeah. For Mossman, pop- right? I mean, to you know, he essentially won the pre-final, uh, but the pushback bumper penalty dropped yep. him uh, down the order, gave Zachary Clayman DeMello the, the win in that race. But, uh, yeah, Mossman was really, you know, had the pace all, all weekend long to be able to, to, to win, just didn't have the luck when it came to the last lap. Indeed. Let's move to Junior 100cc presented by Nash Motorsports. Here's your headline, Dave. Two career first wins for Eversman and Eggleston. Like we talked about in the mini category, the junior category has a number of drivers that are looking to make a name for themselves. Uh, and we did that on the weekend with two career first wins. Uh, the first came on Saturday. We saw last year's winner, Alexander Gonzalez, essentially set the pace uh, for the category, yeah. able to to put down fast lap and qualifying and win the pre-final. So, and we talked about it in the outlap. We expected him to be one of those drivers to uh, to keep an eye on and kind of set the pace. And he was doing that until uh, about uh, lap six or seven uh, when the comp card drivers of Archer Eversman and Spencer Smith were able to get by Gonzalez. Uh, and they were able to uh, essentially s- 
break away from the rest of the field. Um, Gonzalez was able to uh, to kind of recover from getting passed and passed by multiple carts. I think he got pushed or got pushed wide into the marbles. I think he went off uh, at one point. Yeah, almost off. Yeah, and, right, and so had to re- regroup and uh, was making his way through the second pack and and actually ran down both comp cart drivers towards the end of the race, just unable to kind of make any effort to be able to to get by either of them for position. But well. it was. <laughs> Because they were battling each other so hard. Yeah, I was just going to say, because again, they were, they, they, you know, again, you're fighting for your first win. Both yeah. Archer Eversman and Spencer Smith are fighting for their first win at the challenge. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of went at it, you know, no, no, uh, going, going for the victory. Yeah. But it their was, teammate, uh, it was teammates, yeah. of, teammates at Forward Direction Motorsports, you want to win. <laughs> you want to win. And that's exactly what Archer right. Eversman did. I uh, yep. was able to hold off Spencer Smith there in the final closing laps uh, to pick up the victory. And as you said, gave for direction, a one two finish in the category. Uh, Gonzalez able to join them on the podium in the third spot. Kyle's Drysdale into the fourth spot. And then Eric Doan, a great, great drive for him into the fifth spot. He actually had some troubles early on, uh, made his way up from last in qualifying. I think it was a disqualification in qualifying. Yep work his way up through the pre-final and ended up finishing in fifth in the main event. Yeah. Squish, I think in, in qualifying last of the pre-main and, and Eric Doan running with speed set, speed sets, motorsports on the expiry, his first junior race ever essentially has to come from 32nd on the grid and works his way up to, to end up P five, just a tremendous yeah, got, go. Got up to 17th in the pre-final. So yeah. 32nd to 17th and then 17th to fifth. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. Just, a, and I, we, we talked about that, right. In his first ever junior race, he could have been in the top, you know, top 10 and, and really not passing anybody. Got a chance to do a lot of overtaking <laughs> throughout the day on Saturday, which I think is good for him on Sunday. We actually had some different guys in the mix, uh, uh, issues with Everson and Smith in qualified and they weren't quite there in qualified. And then they had some troubles, I believe, I want to say Smith might have got taken out at the very start of the pre-main. They, they had trouble in the pre-main, so they were not they weren't anywhere near the front of the grid for the start. So we weren't going to see a recovery. It was actually Nick Eggleston from Ruthless Carding, David, who came out of the gate and qualified a pole. Yeah, he was able to set fast time in qualifying, and then Keegan Kaminsky, another driver who we thought we're going to see much of at the front. He had issues in the main event on Saturday, so that took him out of the race early on. Uh, and then uh, was able to come through and, and be among the quick drivers on Sunday. I think it was second in, or seventh in qualifying and then found more speed for the prefrontal to take that, take that victory. Uh, Eggleston essentially was the driver leading the pack in the main event, had the lead, had a number of drivers behind him, including Kaminsky, who was second for most of the race. And then it was Gage Corn and Austin Olds, the two MPG race factory drivers that kind of worked together got themselves into the second and third spot and yeah. then attacked Eggleston for the win or for the lead uh, late in the race. Uh, and then in the final closing laps, Eggleston was able to respond, get back, get himself back up into the lead. And on the final lap, as they're fighting behind him for second, he was able to kind of escape and get an eight tenths advantage by the time he got to the checkered flag, scoring his first series victory in junior 100. Yeah, Keegan Kaminsky ended up in second. Gonzalez, another uh, run to the podium in third, so a good start of the season for Gonzalez. Graham Trammell was fourth, and Austin Olds, as David had mentioned, hanging on for P5. All in all, some pretty good racing in the 100cc junior class. And like we saw in a number of our categories, really uh, a couple of the categories, one or two drivers up front. This one really kind of was a dominating run again in Master 100cc, brought to you by Ruthless Karting. And David, you'll go into the, the streak itself, but uh, here's the headline. 
Kunches extends win streak to seven. Yeah, you come in as the defending champion. You're going to be the driver to be, and that's exactly what Ian Kunches was in the Forward Direction Motorsports comp cart entry. Saturday was a perfect performance by him, setting fast time in qualifying, winning the pre-final, and then driving away to a five-second margin of victory in the main event. So a sixth straight victory after winning five last year, sitting out the last round because he had already won the championship, uh, and then coming back to uh, to win the opening round race. Uh, had Christopher Mann as the lead challenger. He was the driver finishing in the second spot aboard his ruthless Carding Expree. Daniel Jones ended up finishing in third on the CRG ahead of last year's uh, one of last year's top contenders, Preston Newberry, and then Ron Sh- uh, Schoonover uh, in the JH Motorsports LN Racing Cart entry, showing great improvement from a year ago in now what is going to be his second season in karting, <laughs> uh, driving to a top five finish. So a great performance by Ron. Uh, on on Saturday, yeah, Ron made his debut actually last year in karting uh, with JH Motorsports at the Challenge, and has raced a bunch of stuff over the year, and and is really starting to get some speed, which is good. Coming out of the gate on Sunday, we're kind of thinking, yeah, Kunches is probably going to get this going again. The streak ends up being seven. He he won the first five races last year, sat out race six, and ran senior instead, having already won the championship. So he comes out of the gate and wins again. It was actually David Chris Mann who threw down a fantastic lap in qualifying, but Kunch just came back and and retook it again. Followed him like crazy. Like I think he was like just on his on his rear bumper the whole time in, in the pre-final and made the pass late in the race to, to get the pre-final win in the pole for the main. Yeah, exactly that. And Christopher Mann, we we saw him race, you know, Derek Wang and Billy Cleveland all last yeah. year in the in the master rock category. So we know he has the speed to be able to 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 uh to be there and battle for victory. So that this is kind of what we were expecting. You know, the the margin was a little bit more than what I expected on Saturday. So it was great to see kind of these two guys going at it nose to tail. Uh and as you said, Kunchez was able to pick up the pre-final win late in the race after following Mann for much much of the race. Uh, the main event, however, man was able to jump out to lead as Kunches had a little bit of issues and fell back to fourth in the opening circuit. Uh, it only took him though, nine laps to, uh, to get back into the lead position, able to get by Christopher Mann and again, drive away to a seven tenths victory as man was unable to challenge him in the late race or late laps of the race. Yeah. Midway through the race too, some good race between Luke Tracy um, and Daniel Jones, actually Ron Schoonover was in that fight for a bit. He actually Schoonover ended up uh, coming out of the, out of the, all uh, the opening laps, uh, opening lap kind of chaos P2. He was second uh, and eventually got reeled in by Newberry. And then I think he got reeled in by, um, uh, by well, spin that, actually that, had a spin in the double rights. So yeah, he uh, got, he, well, I, as I, they were I, racing for position. Yeah. yeah. I think he got spun around myself. <laughs> he got well, hit. that's what I said. He yeah, got spun. He got hit. Uh, that's what I'm saying. He got hit. He got spun out. Um, anyways, uh, and when it all shook, shook down, Luke Tracy ended up finishing in third, uh, Daniel Jones in fourth, and, and Newberry rounding out the top five. All in all, uh, for Kunches, he was able to kind of settle in, like you said, fell back. But by the midway point, took over the lead. And when it was all said and done, it's seven straight victories. Uh, you know, Obviously, we don't want to throw Ian under the bus, but we got to get some big guns to come out and battle with them. We, we got to put a, we got to put a bounty on his head for, for Phoenix. <laughs> well, he obviously, you know, he's, he's looking to pull the Derek Wang. Maybe he's going for four straight championships. So, That's, and he wants, uh, he, he, he raced senior too. Remember that? He did. he did. He did go back to back. Yeah. Uh, it, so it was, yeah. Cause masters 100 CC was first in the order. 
and then senior 100 cc was right after so he would jump from one cart to the next he actually ran the vlr in master and i think the the uh, iami in senior Probably. uh looking up his results right now ian kunches uh, uh he was involved in that crazy opening uh, wreck in in the Saturday main event for Hunt Senior 100 oh, CC, okay. yeah, yeah. and then Sunday 12th, so drove up to 12th wow. spot. So that's a lot uh, of laps, a lot of back to back. That's four. Lot. That's 40 laps back to back. It's a lot of a lot that's, of racing in the main for just for the main events because don't forget it, yeah. the prefinals are exactly. long too as well. Sixteen exactly. So he, he, he put the laps down for sure. Thirty two plus forty. That's a lot of laps in yeah. one day. All right, folks. Um, and yeah, it was only only four tenths off in in terms of fast time in, in the main event on, I, on Sunday. Yeah, I know it's fast. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go to our final break. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We'll look at the constructors championship and we'll have a look at the ECAN trackside live race calendar. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full service karting operation is located at the state of the art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Kart. Kartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at Kartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TB Kart and Villeneuve Racing Karts. Race Lab. Race with us. Win with us. Established in 1999, PSL Karting has become a powerhouse within the karting industry for North America and around the world. PSL Karting is your complete source for all Burrell Art products as the North American importer, providing this top quality product through both their expansive dealer network or through the pslkarting.com online store. Whatever you need is available 24-7 online, including safety gear, parts, components, and full karting packages. All three brands, Burrell Art, Ricardo Kart, and Charles Leclerc Karts are in stock and ready to hit the track. Grab your winning chassis for any category by visiting pslkarting.com to find your nearest dealer. PSL Karting is always looking for interest in new dealers and teams to help create new business relationships. Drivers looking to take their talents to the next level can join the Burrell Art North America race team competing at all the major U.S. and Canadian events this season. When you're ready to win, go with PSL Karting. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market. But when you're karting to win, it boils down to one thing. You, the driver. 
gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Alan Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. All right, time to wrap up this edition of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden alongside David Cole as we uh, cap off the coverage of the opening round of the Challenge of the Americas from the Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. David, let's wrap things up. The bottom line is uh, solid numbers to open the season, 120 entries. Uh, obviously, I think Andy would love to have had some more guys in the shifter card category, but it has to be buoyed by great numbers in junior 100cc and, and the second biggest field ever. Uh, with 38 in the senior 100cc category because there was 40, I think Andy told me, in, our, in a Rotax senior class a number of years ago. Really good numbers in 100cc. And also, I think it's more so the the new names and new faces that yeah. are at the challenge. Uh, we saw a lot of that this weekend. So I think that's a, that's a good thing uh, moving forward. Again, you you got to continue to keep trying to grow the pie instead of taking taking one slice from one pie to another. Uh, and so I think they're continuing to try and grow the, the, the challenge pie and, and keep growing uh, that program. Again, you have drivers that leave, but you have new drivers coming in. So that's that's good to kind of keep the numbers can, at least consistent for now. Dave, you touched on it uh, when we talked about OKN. There was essentially two engines that were that hit the track. Uh, both the TM and the Modena were actually used at the uh, at the event. One driver elected to, to drop that Modena and move to the uh, TM. But the IAMI is coming online pretty soon. We'll see that. We're going to see the Vortex engine power plant as well. So the engines are coming. Uh, there'll be more of them available once we get uh, to uh, uh, Phoenix in March. You know, what are we going to see for that event? Are we going to see some new guys? Are we going to see some new engines? What do you think? Well, I, I think we'll. I think we might see IAMI. I'm not sure about the Vortex. I think the Vortex might come in a little bit too late in February, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, maybe we'll see more drivers. That's because of being closer to SoCal. Maybe we'll get a few more drivers that uh, are interested in the program. Yeah. Uh, and and again, it's not. It'll be March. So, but March is a busy month. So I'm not. I'm not exactly sure where we're going to see. I th- I think we'll see majority of the drivers that were there in Tucson return for Phoenix because again, uh, whether you're the working with an engine builder or just to trying to develop a new engine package, this is something brand new. So the more seat time you have, the better to better understand what it's going to do, um, in terms of long-term and, and how, how it acts on race weekends. So I'm not sure. I, th- hopefully we'll see, uh, I am, maybe we'll see more Modena's as well. Uh, because now they'll have time to kind of, you'll know, have a full month to develop and, and understand what will work, what doesn't. Uh, again, it, just kind of wait and see. 
I'm not exactly sure what we'll see, but uh, I would expect to see very similar numbers, if not a little bit more. Uh, one of the things that we saw, I know you now were up top there in the, in the tower, and I think you had, a, you had a picture of somebody's pushback bumper. Interesting thing about Coda, they only penalized for a full pushback bumper, not that half or partial pushback. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think? Well, call me off guard. I, I yeah. don't remember that as being a, a rule with the Challenge Americas. Again, I don't need to read the rule books. I just need to report on what happens on, <laughs> right. on and off the racetrack, you know. And, yeah. and you know, I get so used, you know, when pushback came in, you know, I, I'm used to seeing, you know, what, 100. I was talking to Shelby. She goes, I think we have a lot of bumper penalties. I go, well, 120 in one day. Is that a lot? And she's like, that's way more than what we get. I go, well, that's what you get at USPKS or SCUZA or other events that do both partial uh, pushback or full pushback. So um, I almost, you know, well, would it help or or does it hurt? Because again, you know, the, the, the pushback bumper thing is still evolving. You know, people are, are, are trying to find its limits, trying to find its defaults, trying to work it your way around it. You know, there's a lot, you know, racing is a very, interesting intricate sport in the way people approach it so i'm almost wondering if a full pushback is a better way to go so it just it just caught my 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 eye on and and my memory on it and i'm wondering you know just putting it out there maybe that's better for the future interesting interesting yeah feels like a column damn it feels like a column uh Mm -hmm. let's go into the the constructors championship seven different brands scoring wins over the 18 victories on the weekend 14, sorry. Um, 14, pardon me, 14, yeah, seven classes, 14 weekends. Big one for GFC, and they have been very strong, David, at the challenge the last couple of years. Five wins for GFC in Tucson. Yeah, you picked up uh, two in Master Shifter. You pick one in the Rock Shifter. But I think really it's the double win in Senior 100cc that yeah. is uh, making uh, Gary Carlton and the rest of the GFC and Formula Works crew very happy with that. Uh, they're always looking to continue to show that they're a full product uh, chassis line, both shifter, senior, junior, and cadet. So it's great, uh, great start for them to pick up five victories on the weekend. Comp cart picking up three, so good overall weekend for them, uh, including two by Ian Kunches, but uh, really the junior victory by uh, Archer Eversman uh, in the uh, four direction uh, motorsports entry. So it's good for them. EOS picking up two, CRG one, Expri one, Gallard one, and the JV cart with Gabriel Ballard uh, with the Race Lab picking up a first victory at the Challenge in Americas for that brand. All right, folks, let's cap things off and have a look at the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar to let you know where we're going to be over the next uh, month or so. This one brought to you by Margay. Are you interested in running a cart at one of the biggest karting events in 2023? Do you want to be part of the fastest growing series in the sport? Check out Margay Racing Spec Ignite Class and their Arrive and Drive packages. Nothing matches the affordability and the competitive level of the Ignite program. Just one set of tires, national level caliber drivers, where the best driver wins over the best equipment. Bring your safety gear and Margay will take care of the rest. This year's Ignite majors include the WKA Kart Week Daytona, a dash at Daytona, the USAC Karting Elkhart Riverwalk Grand Prix, and the Rock Island Grand Prix on Labor Day weekend. And there are five Ignite Challenge Series running around the country this season. For more information, please visit ignitecarting.com today. Get off the couch and into a race seat in 2023. All right, David, uh, essentially uh, over the next, what, I guess it's month, we got a couple of races. Uh, Nate, Dean, and I uh, hopping on the plane in a couple days here on Thursday to head to the 
AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex in Homestead, Florida for the final two rounds of the Supercarts USA Winter Series. That is February 10th to 12th. Uh, and then you'll be rolling solo uh, out to the uh, Phoenix Kart Racing Association for the, what, the second rounds. They, I get the uh, rounds three and four. Three, of the challenge, three challenge, and four. Challenge of the Americas in Phoenix, March 3rd to 5th. I got a conflict. So our good friend Mike Smith is going to take over the, the PA for that one. Yeah, I won't exactly be alone. I'll have uh, Mike Smith to handle the, the, the race call duties. I'll be with yeah. the Challenge family as well, too. So uh, excited to get back to the Phoenix Kart Racing Association facility, a great tra- track to watch racing, a uh, great area with Phoenix. And uh, yeah, so rounds three and four at Phoenix, a very familiar racetrack. We've been to a number of times. A lot of competitors have been to a lot of times. And uh, we'll see uh, kind of how things unfold. You know, we have the championship battle started and uh, we'll see who's able to either step up to uh, put themselves in there or who's able to uh, establish themselves as the championship contender heading into the finale. That's it. I'm literally home for two days here on Tuesday and Wednesday. We do the uh, the debrief today. You and I will do, along with Nate Dean, we'll do the outlap tomorrow, our preview podcast of the upcoming uh, Scusa Winter Series event that we're heading to on Thursday. So yeah, a couple of races coming for you. As always, Outlap and, and Debrief Podcast, all our social media that we'll have throughout the weekend, the coverage there, the race reports, and of course, all the live coverage. I'll be joining Xander Clements and his Car Chaser crew once again at the uh, Supercarts USA event. And of course, as we said, we'll go full EKN trackside live for the Challenge of the Americas on the EKN radio network, uh, either on the downloadable app for your mobile device, or you can always tune in to ecardinews.com slash live or slash radio to hear the broadcast as well. But uh, David, that's it. Final thoughts. The 2023 season is underway for me. I know it already started for you, but it was your uh, first race. That's right. It was my first race since uh, Vegas. So uh, I was excited to be trackside again. My feet held up and um, (laughs) I think I totaled over 110 stories i climbed on the weekend yeah people don't realize so to get up into the tower that we have at at, uh, at tucson i i think i counted like 38 or 40 steps and it's it's straight up we're not talking like regular uh, regular stairs you come up and david of course after every race was down and back up and down and back up and yeah your your legs definitely got to work out dude that's for sure they did i'm just glad my feet my foot survived with the <laughs> issues i have with it and everything okay. else but uh got some sun yeah it, uh, enjoyed 70 degree weather and uh again looking forward to that uh come march in phoenix folks thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the ek and debrief we certainly appreciate it again we got uh more coverage coming of both of those events we'll have the outlap coming up soon but again thank you so much for tuning into the ek and radio network we do appreciate it. it was a fantastic weekend in tucson dave of course looking forward to phoenix and uh he and i together will be back for the finale in sonoma in uh, april looking forward to it of course thank you so much again folks for tuning in on behalf of david cole my name's rob howden bye for now 